Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Barnstoolers Premier League podcast. I'm your host, Connell, joined by my co-host, James and Ronan, today to help me make sense of all the ongoings in the Premier League at the moment. Unfortunately, Mixer cannot be on the podcast this week. However, he will be dropping in at the very end of the show to reveal who has won the mystery football jersey, courtesy of Kit Launch, that competition. We've been running on Twitter and Instagram over the last couple of weeks. Uh, as of recording right now, we do we do not know who has won. Uh, he's going to draw the winner of it sometime between now and before I edit the podcast tomorrow on the Wednesday. Uh, so he's going to draw out the winner and we'll insert that section of the podcast uh, at the very end of the show. So be sure to stay tuned for that. So this is probably going to be a lower energy podcast in last week boys I certainly hope it is from an editing point of view uh, of course we record the podcast last Tuesday evening uh, basically going in on the European Super League and crying about it and midway through uh, our recording obviously we weren't checking our phones or anything like that uh, it turned out it had all fallen apart before we had even finished recording the podcast so um, I suppose we could just start there just talking about the I wouldn't quite call them riots, but the, the protest outside the Emirates and United's training ground outside Sanford Bridge. What did you make of make of the events? It was beautiful scenes of glorious emotion. Yeah, Thogdad has single-handedly destroyed a bunch of billionaires. Man, it's yeah. It was gonna happen. Like we need we to get Thogdad on the podcast. Yes, we do. Um I don't know if he's within our range yet. We're still very small. Um yeah, well, to be fair, we said most last week that it just won't happen. Um, and, yeah, it hasn't gone ahead, and it was kind of inevitable. Some of my favourite bits was, like, some of the apologies from the clubs were fairly poor. I know the one that Liverpool released on the Tuesday, the day we recorded the podcast, was terrible. I know they released a new one the day after uh, John Henry recorded it. 
which still wasn't fantastic um because it was more of him he said oh well it was never gonna go ahead without the approval of the fans it was like well you tried to do it without the approval of the fans and you got called out in it um but obviously that's all just saving face uh, obviously there was some uh some of the banners just particularly from I think it was the Emirates were quite good as well. And then I know there was, I don't know if you saw this, but there was there was a TikTok going around of a lad at the protests outside the Spurs ground. And some old lad at the protests went into the shop and bought a load of Spurs gear, which was fantastic. You managed to bottle a fucking protest. So, yeah. Cup final pens. Yeah, it was... Um, it was eventful. It was good it didn't go ahead. Um, if you listened to the podcast last week, you could tell that um, I don't think any of us wanted to go ahead and no football fan wanted to go ahead. So a good outcome to that. My favourite um, outcome out of all the protests have been the conspiratorial rhetoric that uh, Perez has been spouting about how like the Chelsea fans were somehow like you know, paid imposters that they were just sent there by some like nefarious group. Like the man's off his fucking rocker. Like, you know, he needs to be wheeled into the nursing home. He doesn't have a clue. Yeah, like he's yeah. he's totally backed down on it, which is which was so funny because no, because especially when he's the sport support of pretty much none of the teams. Like, why would you? Because he he keeps on coming and saying, "Well, it's a binding contract." I was like, "Yeah, it's a binding contract, but if nobody wants to do it, it's not going to go ahead." Um, and plus, there's only I think there's only three teams haven't pulled out of it now, which are Inter, Juve, and Real. And he still wants it to go ahead. It's like, who else are you going to get in there if you can't if you don't have England or Spanish teams? Like, it's it's going to be fairly bad anyway. Like, it's it's I don't know why he's being so persistent. Well, I do know why he's being so persistent, but Barcelo, Barca would easily jump back in. Like the, all the all the clubs that like horribly mismanage their funds are going to be dead soon anyway. The way they're the way they've been spending cash. Like I know Real just need to restructure their uh, their model of payments because it's it's ridiculous to death that like Perez under Perez's tutelage, like the the club has just um, been loaded with it's. Um, it's just complete financial mismanagement, and he's just trying to paper over the cracks temporarily with this crap. Uh, so they'll no doubt, no doubt, this proposal will be back. There'll be another proposal in five years for this shit again. I have to say, and it will go through eventually in some form. Yeah, I can't remember if we said this last week because I don't know if it came out before the podcast and all. But Alaba's like Perez came out and said uh, the clubs are struggling financially, whatever. And then Alaba's signing for them on something like three hundred grand a week, and they're giving them something like twenty million sign-on bonus. I was like, but I always had the point I made last week, but of course you're going to be in financial trouble if you're spending money like that. It's so irresponsible. Yeah, is Perez not saying now that these clubs haven't backed out? He's he's saying that like no clubs have backed out. Like people keep comparing him to Trump, but honestly, the, the things he's saying are so Trumpy. Be like fake news. None of these teams have pulled out. Like, I'd well, say I, I'd say some of them haven't though. I'd say Liverpool haven't. I would say United haven't. In a sense that the ownership structure, John Henry always is going to push towards the Super League. He's not sorry one bit. He will make another proposal. There's going to be talks to water down, uh, try and get a bit more fan engagement going, trying to tell the fans oh, what this proposal is going to be about. Because that was one of the big problems with the Super League. Not it, it was so dodgy looking. 
uh, because the way the proposal was just sort of floated through, there was no fan engagement. They didn't tell us what it was going to be about. They just let it broke through like secondary news outlets, which was just no good. But John Henry's evil. These people are evil, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna do it again. So I would understand that uh, like a Chelsea and Man City have like legitimately pulled out, but I would say the United and Liverpool's are ready to jump in with something else. Yes, it's evil capitalist billionaires ruining our game as per usual. Um. It's just, um, I don't know. I think I think one of the main things they're going to try to do if they do try to bring it back to life in the next year or two is they're going to pit it against the new Champions League structure because the new Champions League structure is really bad as well because I can't, I don't know the full internet, but it's, pre- it's pretty much, you know, European, um, your coefficient plays into whether you get qualifying next year or something like that. So say, say Liverpool finish sixth now and West Ham finish fourth. Just for an example, um, in under the new structure that's being proposed, Liverpool would qualify ahead of West Ham, which is why um, I think it was James made the point last week that you know you have to be wary of UEFA as well. Like again, they were right to try to stop the Super League, but they were wrong. But, but they're doing it for the wrong reasons. They're only doing it because it's going to hurt their pocket. They're not doing it because mm. they want to save football. Um, yeah, they don't survive it. Is that the the Swiss model? Is that what that is? Is is that what Switzerland do? No, no, but like it's being called the Swiss model. I'm not really sure why. Is that? I, I think that's. I think that's the one. I was. Yeah. I, was thinking I do actually. Then, I don't know why it's called the Swiss model actually because it, it's it's Edwin Van der Sar who actually made those plans, which is surprising really, given he's you know oh, a yeah, football, football man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of Edwin Van der Sar, he's a CEO of a football club. He's related to United. Ed Woodward's gone. That we, we didn't get a chance to speak about that because it happened in the middle of last week. But Ed Woodward's gone. And I, I'm telling you, we recorded the podcast last week. I went away. I can't remember what I was doing for half an hour. Came back, seen this thing, all this on my phone. Got an update, notification to my phone that Ed Woodward was resigning. I couldn't believe it. It just came out absolutely nowhere. And uh, supposedly he's regretting stepping down now because supposedly he thinks he could have just waited a couple of days till it blown over now. Um, so, you know, good enough for him. And then he's trying to get his PR people to say that, oh, you know, he stepped down because he didn't agree with the Super League plans. He was one of the main fucking fellas behind the Super League plans and everybody knows it. Absolute spoofer, absolute dickhead. No idea how to run a football club. Delighted he's gone. Yeah, I think there was a lot of rumours going around about uh, a lot of the members of boards of all these clubs. I know Agnelli, um, I, I think that's his name. He's the... Juve. He's a Juve chairman, I think, but he's still chairman of Juve, but he stepped down from the European Club Association. I think there was a few other members stepped down as well. So obviously uh, there are a few positives to come out of it because, you know, bad people are no longer involved in positions of power, but just more bad people are going to go in there. Uh, but certainly for United fans, um, as a Liverpool fan, it's sad to see him go. But I know for United fans, Edward Bird going is... Uh, Certainly a big step in the right direction, or, well, I don't know, but it's, it's definitely a positive. I mean, he's not really done much good for the club. We're going to see less Man United tractors and, like, Korean body pillows with uh, Eric Bai or whatever he, whatever deals he's getting over the line. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, honestly, that's one thing you couldn't criticise the man on. I know it sounds that sounds stupid, but, like, United could technically afford to buy Haaland this summer, whether we will or not. 
almost certainly not, but we could afford. And that's on the back end of some really good commercial deals he did. You know, he knows that side of the business, but he does not know football. He doesn't know how to negotiate for the football transfers. He's not a football fan and he's in charge of, you know, our transfers, him and Matt Judge at least. He's a rugby fan. There was a conspiracy going around for a while that he was a Liverpool fan, although I don't think that was actually... There was a con- there was something to the conspiracy. There was some background, but I don't think it was actually true. But it'd be very you'd need a, a Michael Edwards type figure, like just re- delegate different positions, like that function better. Yeah, in fairness, it, there seems to be improvements in that. We've got um, John Murta, who is a scouser, uh, as our technical director, and he is, you know, basically our director of football. Um, maybe diluted power, but it's a step in the right direction. Um, with or is he sporting director? And then was it not, Darren was it not Fletcher's. Michael Carrick? Oh yeah, Darren Fletcher. Darren Fletcher is a technical director, so he works alongside him. They report to Matt Judge, who's like the chief negotiator or something like that. So it's and obviously Woodward's out of the picture now, or he will be by the end of 2021. So I mean, it's a step in the right direction. Still a bit dysfunctional, but things are getting better on that side. Be interesting to see who replaces Ed Woodward. There's um, there's a guy who's, I think he's head of like the commercial department or something, um, who would work pretty closely with Ed Woodward, um, and pretty closely with the Glazer family. I think he's possibly the favourite to get it at the minute. So there might be too much change. You know, he he's relatively he's from a similar background basically to Ed Woodward, and he might be getting it. I actually. Can't remember what his name is, which is quite bad. I'm going to look that up right now, actually. Uh, just just on like the financial stuff, Liverpool's finances came out today. We get to talk about exciting stuff like accounting. Um, but I think we made a 50 million loss last year. Um, which that's actually really good. Which which yeah. which isn't bad because I think one of the main losses we had was match day revenue. Like match day revenue was down something like 50 million anyway. So that's. To be expected, considering there's no people in club shop on match days, there's no fans there, all that stuff. So, see, Liverpool are so well run. Uh, you know, you can you can agree or disagree with what John Henry's doing at the end of the day. Like, but like you look at Real Madrid's finance, and they have completely mismatched the situations you're saying. So uh, mismanaged situation. So match day revenue are the least of the other clubs' worries. So like, I think that's a fantastic spreadsheet for Liverpool. I think that's that's fine. I think it was a forty-three million. Yeah. Match day revenue down by thirteen million pounds. Media revenue down by sixty million pounds. Um, and our loss before tax was forty six million. Uh, was anything up? Commercial revenue was up thirty million. Um, I don't know what media revenue is. Is that just as broadcasting? Broadcasting rights and stuff. Yeah, yeah. broadcasting has been That's... down, and next year the losses are going to be way worse for everyone. That's the prediction. Yeah, uh, everyone's saying so. That's not good, but uh, look, could be an interesting rebalancing. That's what I mean. If this was played right and the, the clubs have so much power, um, this could be a great rebalancing if the big clubs are losing just fuck loads of cash, and then uh, it wouldn't maybe it wouldn't be as bad a loss like the uh, down the football pyramid, which could be good, but uh, this is not what they want. Yeah, it's Richard Arnold, the guy that I was trying to think of there. He's like managing director or something like that he's a pretty similar uh has a similar background to woodward so maybe not brilliant but i don't know maybe he could be a little bit more competent on the football side of things i'm not sure do you think 
I think he may be a scouser as well. There's a lot of scouts involved in United. Not sure how I feel about this. Any relation uh, to Trent? No, actually. But I was reading there, actually, Mourinho, he, when he was the manager, he fell out with um, the guy who was responsible for, you know, booking, you know, flights away in Europe and, you know, just all the logistics of, you know, away matches. And so he was head of that for a few years. And Mourinho just completely fell out with him. Uh, for absolutely no reason, but I won't get into that. But his, his name was John Alexander, and he was Trent's uncle. So <laughs> Trent's uncle did work for United. So again, another one. That's a third one. So yeah, be interesting to see who takes over from Ed Woodward. Van de Sar could be brilliant, but uh, as he actually is obviously a football person, but uh, he's probably not going to leave Ajax, to be fair. He's got a, a nice position there. Um, so maybe moving on from that side of things and actually focusing on the football City won the Carabao Cup again. Uh, it was it was miserable. Uh, I watch no, it. Yeah, it was 1-0, of course, as you probably should know by um, if you're listening to this podcast. It was it was pretty bad. City were absolutely all over them. No idea how it was only 1-0. Yeah, they absolutely battered them in the first half and somehow didn't score before Imeric Laporte, of all people, scored relatively late on, 10 or 15 minutes ago on that one. Um yeah, I think Spurs had two shots. I think they were both from outside the box. Absolute non-contest. I already enjoyed the Sky Sports graphic they did comparing Pep Guardiola and Roy Mason's managerial career. What was the point? <laughs> it was like 700 games to two. I was like, why have you done this? Nobody cares. It was just but, yeah, uh, it was, it was for that one of those Martin Tyler lines rolling. Oh, yeah. Great lines. Oh, like, it would have been a great story of Ryan Mason's second game in football. He became the youngest manager to win a major title or something but against against Pep Guardiola. Um, but realistically, it was never going to happen. No. But then you could get lucky with Kane, like, to have often done against City. You know, like a hit no. But it, in, in a Wembley, it's 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 even harder to see that happening. Yeah. There were fans at the game. I suppose that's a positive. It's about to say uh, <laughs> Which is... Um, not good for Ireland because we lost our Euro 2020 games. Well, which again, that's also stupid. It's still called Euro 2020, even though it's in 2021. Um, we lost our games for that, as a Bilbao, I think, because we couldn't guarantee having fans in the stadium. Um, other than that, yeah, nothing else. Sun wasn't here, so that was about it. Cheers, yeah. sun is crying. One really, um unnecessary talking point for me was Spurs were wearing a green jersey they were in a green jersey in a cup final like there was no need I don't mind that in a league game but cup final try and get both teams wearing their home kits like like a, a green jersey is just a bit mad against it's the, a bit of the a blue neutral jersey like, yeah. as well it, it's there's a lot going on I don't really hate mm. it but I mean blue against obviously light blue did make a bit of a difference but blue against green is surely worse than blue against white uh, I don't know the shorts wouldn't have clashed Again, this is not a talking point for anybody else, but it was just weird to see um, Spurs. Hey, it's Spurs in the cup final for start, and uh, also wearing green. Uh, Flocking at other talking points from the weekend, Chris Wood scored a first half hat trick against Wolves. That takes him up to ten goals this season. Probably won't spend too much time in it, but that man's got double digits in four consecutive seasons. He's a really, really consistent player, Chris Wood. I quite like him. Um, obviously, United played Burnley there last week, and he's. He's really good. He's just a handful. He's not too bad just, to play just, against. He's just a proper mid-table striker. Like you know what you're gonna get from. Um, not the best in the league by any stretch of the imagination, but he's very, very good. 
And especially for a team like Burnley, because um, they've been comfortable enough this season. I don't think anybody really thought they were going to get relegated. But well, they're really struggling at the start of the season, even play-wise. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but there was there's a few yeah, but there was a few games there. I think even in the reverse fixture against Wolves um, at home, I think he came up with he scored his first goal of the season in that game, and that was a really Fabio tight Silva game. As well. Scored, didn't he? Or yeah, he scored a penalty. Yeah. Um, and like obviously he's big striker. He's gonna he's gonna cause problems and corners and stuff like that. And actually took his first goal really really well. Um, I thought the control was quite good and turned Cody quite well. Um, also, that's probably Burnley safe. I think the only team down there that isn't in a relegation zone that could probably be caught now is Brighton. I think they're on still on thirty three points, but I think Burnley and Newcastle have both moved on to thirty six, thirty seven points, which I think is too big of a gap for the other ones down there to make up. So, yeah, uh, Woods big... Woods double digit haul is impressive sorry Rowan like when you when you think of the long injuries Belly's had on the sidelines this season as well you know so he's a real warrior he battles through seasons where I played him yeah I feel like he's just going to end up on like an emergency loan on January transfer deadline day to you know an Arsenal or something like that or, or Tottenham as a backup to Harry Kane or something like that uh, in one or two seasons you know he's going to get his big move that he's he's deserved over the last few he's, years he's, he's an excellent entity yeah, so, something like that. And a Gallo deadline day, get him in. You know, Ben Davies, just get a warm body in. He's going to get a big move. Looking at other talking points from the weekend, Leeds nil against, or Leeds United, should I say, nil against uh, Manchester United nil. Uh, this was a pretty bad game. Jamie Carragher was laughing at how bad it was at times. Felt that was a little bit harsh. I didn't think it was disgraceful, but, you know, nothing really happened. Two teams who are... Absolutely knackered after a very long season. Uh, massive win for Leicester. I felt 2-1 against Crystal Palace. Kletchi, Iheanacho, uh scoring again. And that's the man I want to talk about. Massive win for Leicester because that's really, really important in their quest to finish in the top four or top three possibly. But I think to take fourth place. Kletchi Iheanacho. I used to love this guy. He did nothing for four years, so I kind of stopped rating him. But now he's absolutely banging them in over the last couple of games. James, I know you're a big, big fan. You have a lot invested in this man, a lot invested in this man. Uh, there was a few comments made that I quite enjoyed. Uh, people were like, oh, he should have had a hat-trick of assists. But what even is that? Uh, but what allow it, if only uh, Vardy wasn't his strike partner. You know, Vardy's going a bit cold. We need to start a bit of a dialogue on, uh, on Vardy. But, like, that's... You know, that's great for Leicester because like they have gotten so much out of Vardy. He's been a great servant. And it's 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 hard to come by strikers, you know, when you're competing against the United's and Liverpool's for transfers. So Kelechi is going to be really, really he's got a solid base there in Leicester and he he wouldn't want to move. And they could really develop him over the coming years. And um he's looks the complete striker. Like his play, the interchanges he has, even Lincoln and Castagna, the way he was able to just find the run. Uh, there's such intelligence and unselfishness as well. He's a real team player, and I'm, I, I love him. I love him. <laughs> yeah, he's only 24. I had to look up there. You, you know, you, you could forget that, really. I mean, it makes sense considering he was, um, you know, bursting onto the scene and was this 2015-16? And he would have been like Pep's first season, yeah. Yeah, or, or was he, yeah, even after that. So 16-17. So, yeah, that makes sense that he would be 24, but... He's kind of just been a nothing player for the last couple of years, so it's just you something think maybe that he could have, have got his chance a bit earlier and maybe been a bit better sooner if the likes of Madison and Barnes weren't so like dominant in the side. Uh, it's probably 
It's probably because of Vardy, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's because the shape, isn't it? Like, yeah, they play with one up top, so maybe. But like at the same time, like he hasn't. He's played maybe not that consistently, but he's played and really made no impression since joining mm. Leicester yeah. prior to the last couple of weeks. Um, it was kind of a debate between City and United fans who was better, Ianacho or Rashford. I was actually convinced Ianacho was better. I thought he was just a. I suppose that's just con- comparing them as strikers because he was just a better finisher. Um, what I failed to consider was Rashford's uh, better at everything else. Uh, if you look at his appearance of the last season before this season, 28, 35, 26, like he, he's been playing games. He just hasn't been good, but he's just remembered that he actually has uh, <laughs> football talent now. Yep. And uh, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Better than DCL. This is the conversation. This is who you need to compare him to. Come on. God. Absolutely not. Absolutely killer. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely killer. not. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe the last point from the weekend Liverpool drawn against Newcastle in dramatic fashion, calamitous fashion, really. Um, obviously, I turned on the game at half 12, seen Mo Salah score an incredible goal after two minutes. Uh, and then I turned it off because uh, I just thought Newcastle weren't scoring. I said, like, what's the point in watching this game? Obviously, I didn't watch the rest of it. Um, I'm not really sure how the pattern of play really went. Maybe you could fill me in here. Uh, ben scored in, what, the 93rd minute? Disallowed rather com- controversially by VAR. But then Newcastle scored again. Joe Willock. Unbelievable scenes. Uh, a very bad result for Liverpool, all things considered, in the race for top four. So... Yeah, fill me in. What happened? Yeah, look, bit of a chaotic game. Poole should have had a couple of goals anyway if we had the shooting boots on. Uh, you can't really lay any blame at Jota because he's been brilliant throughout the season, but Mane still doesn't fill you with much confidence. Salah makes something out of nothing, um, but it's no more than the deserve. I kind of, you know, I was wishing for a, a, a Newcastle win and I, I meant that with all my heart. Uh, Need to see Liverpool suffer these last few weeks and uh, John Henry suffer. So more, let let more come. We're not going to get Champions League now, so we may as well finish seventh. Yeah, it was. Uh, you might like. Nah, you might. We're still close, but still only four points off. I think only four points off. Even still, it's. Uh, it was just. I know. The other, I said the other day that it was it was genuinely just really embarrassing because we had so many chances, and like you said, Jota had not to blame. He didn't play great, you know, but there was more problems there. I think Jota only missed one really good chance, to be honest. Uh, Mane missed three or four, and he's just, he's not out of that at all. And I I also feel sorry for Firmino, actually, because, again, he's not been great this season, I'm not pretending he was, but he was genuinely very, very good there at the weekend. There was three or four absolutely brilliant passes he played in behind. And I think Mane ruined one of the chances, and Salah ruined the other one. Um, it, it's literally we just need to. We we're not scoring like we're not scoring the goals we used to like Mane and well not Firmino but Mane and Jota wasn't didn't have scoring boots on. Mane used to put all the chances Mane got were chances he'd usually put away or he ones he would have put away last year and the year before. Um, I think that comes down to just we kind of need a new striker because again Firmino was good. How many times have you ever say that this season? And I don't think he scored for 12 games either. Uh, I know we're linked with that lad, oh, PSV lad, Malin, who by all accounts is having a good season. I think he's got 25 goals in 41 games this, this season in all competitions, which is a good return. And 
I think I don't know. After the quality of the Dutch leagues, a lot lower. Um, he has got double digits the last three seasons. I don't. I don't know what to expect. It, it I know, smells of a Janssen at Tottenham. Remember him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, obviously we got Suarez from Ajax, but I don't expect Valen to be the next Suarez. So I think we need to sort out the striker problem. Because um, I'd, I'd happily see Jota play on one wing, Sal on the other wing, and have a new player playing through the middle. Um, or even if Mane started playing good next season. Um, but I don't know. It was. It really was just... Also, the game management was really weird as well. Because he brought off... Why not? He brought off Thiago, who was the best player on the pitch yeah. for us, really. Um, again, I haven't said that a lot this year, but credit was <laughs> Um He was very good. And he brought on Milner, which was like, uh, you know, actually, no, he brought on Curtis Jones for Thiago. Milner gave us good energy against Real, though, and he said he's a good lad. But yeah, Milner yeah, goes a bit. Yeah, I understand it's yeah. Game management, bringing Milner on for Wijnaldum, I got bringing Curtis Jones on for Thiago, I didn't get. Um, I also thought we defended quite well until the last five minutes of the last time. Like I thought Kabak was having a really good game, and then we just fell apart in injury time. So I don't know. It was. It kind of it was it summed up our season. We played really well, created chances, didn't take any, and then our the opposition did take their chances. Do you know what is brilliant though? At least we're going to be able to hold on to Mane. I know he's on fire at the minute, and Salah. Like there's no danger of them going to Real or, or Barca. That could bite me in the arse. Who we'll see. But uh, Perez is P- Perez to bring him back in the conversation. He was saying, "Well, we'll not be able to sign Mbappe's or Haaland's. Is this what you people want?" And I was like. Well, oh, yeah, then we'll have more better teams that can compete with you, you fuck. So, <laughs> yeah, just uh, yeah, no, that's exactly what everybody else wants uh, that yeah. doesn't support Real Madrid. Uh, but yeah, James, you're on about, I don't know, maybe half joking about Liverpool, you know, basically having no chance of top four. Right. You know, you'd at the weekend. But then after that, you've got basically uh, and could be by then relegated West Brom. And then you've got three teams that are already on the beach. They're with Scott Park, or as you said last week, building sandcastles, Southampton, Burnley, and Crystal Palace. Like they are absolutely on the beach. Like that should be at least 10 points from those four games and yeah. whatever you get from United. Like that's very possible. It's four points I, behind Chelsea. I think if we beat United, I'm not saying we definitely will get top four, but I'd be a lot more confident of it. Because um, I think Chelsea and Leicester still have to play each other as well. Um, but especially if we beat United and had those four games as a run-in, you'd be hoping you're getting at least 12 points out of 15, if not 13. Uh, again, we need to make up four points, so that might not be enough anyway. And also, obviously Newcastle had something to play for. But Leeds at the weekend, they didn't really have much to play for. Not the weekend, the, the week before. They didn't really have much to play for, and they still did it. it we, we need to put these teams away. Obviously, Palace would beat 7 0. You'd hope for that again, but. I wonder um, it'd be all right as long as you get the consistency. Yeah, honestly, if we get, get a win. I thought we kind of got that consistency back because we won three games in a row there against Wolves, Villa, and Arsenal. But the last two games were the exact same leads in Newcastle, were two games where we had a lot of possession had a lot of chances and in the later stages of the matches they came back at us and managed to get the points so I don't know yeah, it's a horrible pattern keeps repeating itself but look we'll we'll wait and see wait and see in this score but I'm still not optimistic uh, teams like Southampton 
they can always crop up what you least expect and just Danny Ings has put in a rocket against us very real chance that Liverpool could be playing Juventus in the Europa League next season which would be fantastic Juventus are they not getting top four no they're struggling they might they probably will still get top four but they're fourth and I think they're only three points above whoever's in fifth which I think is Napoli Um, I think the top three are Inter AC and Atlanta and they're a good few points ahead of Juve like Juve aren't going to finish above fourth that's pretty um, odd. Which, which would be fantastic. Also, New Europa League format, don't like it. Um, I only found it there during the week. There's only 32 teams going into Europa League now. It used to be 48. And then there's two rounds of 16. So, like, the first round of 16 is all the teams that finished second in the Europa League groups and all the teams that finished third in the Champions League groups. And then the second round of 16 is all the group winners from the Europa League playing the winners of the previous round of 16. Don't like that. Just keep it at 48. It was fine the way it was. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate it because I don't know, like 48, like Europa League, there probably is too many teams. Like it, you know, when you get the round you're of 32, wa- you're like, you're watching the Europa League for lads from Azerbaijan and Kazakhstan. They're, they're the teams you want to be playing. Yeah. Not, yeah. You, honestly, you don't want to be playing like yeah. all the big leagues. Uh, well, without the Europa League, uh, former USSR countries uh, don't get time in the sun. They just cease to exist. So <laughs> they would just disappear. <laughs> I want to see conflicts over the Armenian uh, genocide <laughs> at Karabag matches. That's what I want to see. That's what the Europa League is. None all of this, none of this big leagues. It's all about the wee men talking <laughs> politics. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know, from the the wee guys' view, like you know, Dundalk, obviously, you know, in a in a thirty-two Europa League wouldn't be qualifying like they did last year, but. As a United fan, you know, and, you know, teams that, you know, possibly Liverpool in the Europa League next year, like the round of 32, like it's it's so depressing. The Europa League, it's such a tough slug and um, it, it means that it's just really not enjoyable until you get to like the quarter final. you know. I'm well up for United win the Europa League now, but when we were playing Sociedad, I basically couldn't care less. I kind of just wanted us knocked out because it's just such a pain in the arse. Um, I think we'll but, win it next year. I think Poole will win it. Why not? Early prediction. Yeah. Speaking of European competitions and speaking of predictions, semi-final time. This is going to be out on Thursday, so these views might already be uh, out of date because we're going to be sort of previewing very, very briefly the Champions League semi-finals. But we've got Chelsea against Real Madrid, City against Bayern. Obviously, the winners of the two ties will meet in Istanbul. Who's winning the Champions League, first of all? I hate to say it, it's probably City. They're easily the best team left, in my view. PSG, I hope. And it's going to be PSG Real final. It's going to be just horrible. <laughs> but I think it's going to be a PSG Real final. And PSG will win. Hopefully. I Well, I'm not, why are we even saying hopefully about PSG? Like, Because <sighs> I, I remember like last week, everyone was saying, well, Real Madrid... It's not like them to be the good guys in European competition. But they're not now. Everybody hates them. They are the most hated football club in the world, I'd say, at this point. Uh, yeah, there's no likeable teams left on that. I'm going to say PSG because they've never won it. And neither City. But I'd much rather see PSG win it. That is a sad, sad state of affairs. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you, Ronan. I'm going to say PSG Chelsea and it's going to be a horrible final. Just because Real are just uh, the baddies at the moment. So uh can't have them get into the final. And just City are the worst. I'd love to see Pochettino lift in the Champions League. He he would actually 
like strip off naked he'd be full of so much emotion like see him getting into the final last time it was a disaster he's a disgrace really <laughs> like you know but uh that's what we love that's what we love yeah we love the the raw motion of the game which was so nearly taken from us with the super league and then moving swiftly on we're not going to spend too much time in this because it goes out of date very quickly uh, obviously, Champions League, you've got Chelsea and City from a Premier League perspective. And in the Europa League, you've got United against Roma and Arsenal against Villarreal. As before, the winners of the two semi-finals, obviously meeting in Gdansk in the final. As a United fan, uh, at this stage of the semi-finals, considering the teams left, I really want us to win this competition. I'd love to see Solskjaer, you know, with a trophy in hand, Ultimately, it's not that important in terms of our progress. But, you know, as long as he has him on a trophy, it's always going to be a stick to beat him with. So I really want United to seize this opportunity and uh, to win it. Um, Roma, probably not as good as he used to be. So I expect United to get through to the final. Uh, I'm going to say against Villarreal. That's what I predicted a couple of weeks ago, quarterfinals. I think Villarreal are going to beat Arsenal. And it's going to be a tough final, but um, I have to back United to win it, really. Um but Villarreal, I would say, are dark horse. Uh, Unai Emery, the Europa League man, and uh, Villarreal actually have quite a decent team. Um, if you look it up, you, you wouldn't have really thought so, but they've got some good players. Have to back United to win it, though. Uh, that's a semi-final of fascists, no harm. Emery's a fascist as a manager. Arsenal are fascists on the football pitch. Roma are actual fascists, and I just hate United. I don't want any of those teams to win. Roma aren't fascists. They're the same. Oh, well, yeah, well, they're less fascist than Lazio. Anyway. Arteta is definitely a massive Franco fan. Uh, I'm going to say Rome are going to win it because they're, I don't know. I just like to see them win it, I guess. Mkhitaryan, again, like Mkhitaryan's their best player. Like, uh, well, maybe the best player. If you're not, you don't win it, it'll be very disappointed. The semi final, at least. You know, disrespect to Ed and Jacko there. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him, but he's about 49. That is true. Do you know what, lads? We haven't had like a clean Europa League final in so long. I think the Super League would be refreshing to a point where we 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 guaranteed the Roma Villarreal few beers. Like that is what I want. Was it, was it not? A, was it not a good one a few years ago? It was like Marseille and Salzburg? I know Salzburg are Mar- Red Bull and oh god, Leon. Oh, was it Atletico? No, sorry, no, it's Letico, Yeah, no, Marseille was won it anyway. I think. Yeah, uh, did Marseille win this? Was last year's uh, not alright as well though? Inter last year, Inter Sevilla. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit uh, better. Best one was Dnipro. I don't I can't Was that Sevilla they played as well? Yeah, twenty fifteen. But you know what? Arsenal Chelsea just felt like the Community Shield. It was held. It's it horrible. Was awful. In Baku, like yeah. yeah. I think Chelsea had something like three thousand fans at it, and Arsenal had five thousand. It's awful. Like I know, yeah. I know one of the lads. I know he's a he's a part of the Dundalk Supporters Club, the Chelsea Dundalk Supporters Club, and they were handing out tickets. Like they were saying, like they couldn't get rid of them at all. Because you couldn't get nobody the flights, wasn't it? There was no yeah, infrastructure. Nobody wanted to go. Yeah, uh, that was awful. Yeah, such an expensive way there for like quite a miserable place to watch the football. No harm to Bakuvians or whatever you're called. Yeah. Mkhitaryan couldn't go. He wasn't let in the country. <laughs> this is what I mean. Uh, <laughs> the Europa League is for political statements about the Armenian genocide. That's the whole point of the competition. It's the only reason it exists. I think we're, you're back in the Armenian era and after all the Baku fans were in Dundalk's mentions. Remember those days? They were, they were great. Standing with Joe Biden. 
<laughs> a couple of Dundalk players nearly got arrested, didn't they, in Carabike? Because they were trying yeah. to like, take photos of a national... Yeah, Sean Gannon um, and Jamie McGrath, I think. Or was it Sean Gannon and Dickie Kelly? It was uh, McGrath anyway, one of them, yeah. Yeah, I think those three all got in trouble with the police. But they didn't get in trouble. The police came up and just asked. I was like, why are you taking pictures whatever? And they're yeah. like, oh, we're with the football club. We're playing Carabike. And they said, just yeah. don't take pictures here. Or you need you need a permit or something. That's what they all yeah. say. Yeah. I'd absolutely dread the thought of you know you'd play in Arsenal in the final. Like just uh, the thought of losing to Arsenal in a European final, like that would just be awful. But if it was to happen and United would beat them, then the Arsenal tears would be absolutely beautiful. So it would be high stakes stuff a United Arsenal final, even if it's maybe not great for the neutral. You kind of like an obscure uh, sort of you know like a Sevilla or something like that, Villarreal. Um, but we'll see. Have to back United. But moving on to predictions, in which we predict five Premier League games every single weekend. Uh, the winner of the Predictions League will win a jersey, courtesy of the other three. Uh, last week, we all got one point. Uh, so it's run out of time, really, for everybody to catch James. I think James is four points clear, with only you know a hand, small handful of episodes left. So James is probably going to win it at this stage, uh, but we'll, we'll keep fighting until the end. The How many points am I from third? Sorry, is that can we do that or am I? Am I... Yeah, no, that's that's okay. The the standards are Ronan, you're on 70, you're out of it. You, you may as well just throw these predictions. Uh, Mix is on 77, I'm on 78, James, you're on 83. Okay, okay, so you're five points clear of me. The games this weekend that we're going to predict Southampton at home to Leicester. You know, obviously, at this late stage in the season, there's a lot of dead rubber games. This is not exactly dead rubber. Leicester obviously have something to play for, but Southampton, they're on the beach. 2-0 uh, Leicester, simple as for me. 9-0 Leicester, it's going to happen again. Seeing as you told me to throw these predictions. I would be um, a filthy Kalechi massacre on. I'm all for it. Kalechi, five goals, Madison, four. Yeah. What do you want to see? Uh, I'm going to go 3-0 comfortable Leicester win here. At, yeah, to say Sorry, 4-0. 4-0, Kletchy getting all four. Have to back him, come on. Beautiful. Uh, Mixer is saying 3-2 Southampton, which you could be here to provide his logic on that, but, you know, he unfortunately he can't be here. But he'll be here shortly, nearly at the end of the episode, to reveal the winner of the competition. Next game, Brighton basically on the beach at this stage against Leeds, who probably are as well. Uh, two teams that play good football. Leeds are just a little bit more street smart, aren't they? 2-1 Leeds at the Amex for me. Um, Brighton still have a little bit more to play for. I think they just need that one, one more win to make sure that they won't get caught by Fulham and West Brom. Uh, I think this is the game because, like you said, Leeds are fairly have pretty much nothing to play for now. They're fairly secure, and I just think they're going to nick a win here. I think Brighton won the reverse fixture as well, so I'm going to say one nil to Brighton. I'm going to say two nil Leeds. Things can be comfortable enough. Brighton have been playing like someone playing a bit of futsal on the beach on holidays in Cancun, but uh, the finishing is just not there. Like, it's, uh, it's shocking. Like, see the interchange as well, Beckhead. He was footballista stuff. And then uh, you've got Mopai and Aaron Connolly, like the, the prison duo. Like, they they are jailbreak. Oh. Yeah, I hate I hate to say this as an Irish fan. Aaron Connolly has not been good this season. He really hasn't. It doesn't help that he's injury prone as well at such a young age. But you see Mopai's miss... Just uh, it was absolutely horrendous. Uh, Michael is saying three one, 
three one to Leeds. Uh, next game is Everton against Villa. Everton still have a slim chance of getting top four. Villa, to use that phrase again, on the beach, not in the play for really. One nil. Yeah, I'm going to go for one nil Everton, Everton in this game. Don't really have any. Oh, um, I'm going to go for nil. Race. Just don't think there's any interest in scoring lines happening here. Going to be a bit of a hard just, slog. Uh, you know, we've got the Ilgazi penalties there the other day. Just there's Villa. There's nothing really about them. Not I'm not enjoying them at the minute. I'm not enjoying Everton either. See, um, Bill Kenwright. Sorry, saying that uh, he wouldn't join the Super League. Would you fuck me? You couldn't join the. Mate, he can barely go get into the chippy, let alone the Super League state of him. <laughs> uh, Mixar says uh, 1-0 as well, so he agrees with me and James. Uh, next game is a big one, the Northwest Derby. United against Liverpool, generally speaking, teams tend to be a little bit afraid of United's attack. United are afraid of conceding goals in these games, and it just falls into a, a, a nil-nil. Uh, really boring game, uh, but I don't really trust either defence. So I'm going to go at 1-1. Liverpool don't have the best record at Old Trafford the last couple of seasons, but um, they'll get a point here. Yeah, these games either always finish one all or 2-1 to United at Old Trafford. I don't think we've won there since 2014. Uh, and we're not going to win there this year either. Uh, I'm going to go for the the one all. The, the perpetual score between Liverpool United and Old Trafford. Yeah, this is a, a full house. I have to do it to you. I'm sorry. It just has to be one all. It's uh, there's no other, other scoreline. Mixer rather predictably um, goes for the jugular and says 3 0 United. Doesn't, doesn't back Liverpool at all. Uh, and the last game we're going to predict is. Burnley against West Ham. Burnley, nothing really to play for. West Ham still have a chance at top four and, and still need to uh, consolidate their Europa League place for next season, which is obviously very important for them as well. Uh, and they're going to do it. Jailing's masterclass, 2-1 win for West Ham at Turf Moor. IMO. Uh, yeah. Burnley are kind of dust, aren't they? Well, not dust, but they pretty much secured place in next year's Premier League with that win against Wolves. West Ham will be still looking to finish more secure their place in the top six because they'll be wanting to be Europa League at, at least next season, which I think sixth place is. So um, whatever about keeping up their charge for top four, they'll want to at least consolidate their place uh, and try to avoid going down to the Conference League if possible. So I'm going to go for a 2-0 West Ham win. I'm going to go for the same, running 2-0 West Ham here. Uh, I think the, I, they were without Cresswell and Masuaku, so the fullback threat was was lacking. Maybe not in the last game, definitely the game before. Um, so what fully fit West Ham against the Burnley, that, as you say, Connell, are on the beach. Uh, I think there's no other outcome but 2-0. And that almost brings a close to this week's episode of the Bar Steelers Premier League podcast. But there is, of course, one more thing to do, and that is reveal the winner of our mystery football shirt competition uh, in collaboration with Kit Launch Cork. Uh, so I'm going to pass you along to Mixer from the future. He's going to reveal who has won the prize. Thanks for that, Connell. So I'm here with the, the results of our first ever giveaway. So we were giving away a mystery jersey from kit launch to the value of 40 euro and we were very glad of all the entries 
uh, we had entries from our competition on Twitter and Instagram, so I'm just about to pull the rabbit out of the hat here. So, ladies and gentlemen, strap in. I've got me box. I've got me entries. And I'm going to pick out a winner for you here. So, just going through the box here. Going through the box. And I've picked out a winner. It is a winner from Instagram. And that winner is... Cahill Keen twenty two from Instagram. Now, Cahill, it's your time to shine, buddy. You can send us on all your d- information, your jersey size, and your address, and we'll ship a jersey out to you. Here's the catch: you have a week to reply. Otherwise, we pick a new winner, and they'll be announced next week on the podcast. So, to everyone listening, make sure to keep an eye out just in case for next week, because it could be you. I'd just like to say a massive thank you to everyone who participated and made such a great response from our competition and it'll definitely make us do more competitions in the future so uh, we just want to thank all the listeners of the podcast as the season's coming to an end the competition was was great great response so now I'm just going to hand you back to Cunnell to finish the podcast and thanks very much Mixer for revealing the winner of our competition Uh, we obviously right now do not know who quite won the competition but you the listener have just found out so congratulations to whoever won that prize from either twitter or instagram and that just about brings a close to the end of the episode thanks very much for listening and we'll of course be back next week with another episode Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.